uh, Sister Skiles, I had asked, actually, uh, I thought she had got my text today, but uh, we text back and forth, and so she might have just glossed over it. But um, I had actually sent her a text that Brother Tom had sent to me. Um, we need to this year, and I know that we don't celebrate Halloween, okay? We're not, um, we're not, uh, we don't send our kids out door to doors. I mean, you may, I, we don't. I'm, I'm going to counsel you not to. I'm going to tell you right now not to because you don't know what's out there. I mean, we're not talking, it's, it's, which it doesn't matter. It's a devil's holiday, okay? And so I'm not even going to go into that. But I'm just going to say this right now, that it's even worse now than it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, you know? And, uh, uh, but there's, I, you know, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, let me tell you something tonight. A year ago, on the 27th of September... My little brother died, 31 years of age, of a drug overdose because he got something with fentanyl in it. And now we've got so much fentanyl that's pouring across our border. Our president needs to shut the border, period. He needs to shut the border. And, uh, but all this stuff is coming across the border. And now they've got these little, I've seen this, if I've seen it once, I've seen it five or six times, of those little pills that look like sweet tarts. And they're just, you know, they're, they're showing up everywhere. I saw a woman that was a nurse, and she was crying in tears. And she said, this week, I don't know if it was 8 or 11 kids, she said, under the age of like 18 that took these, uh, these they got fentanyl, and, uh, and they died. And she said, I'm just telling you right now, she goes, people need to wake up. This is what's happening in our midst. This is what's happening in our nation, in our world. And so we need to... Um, be vigilant and we need to protect our kids and and be the parent that God's called us to be and be very careful even at school if they go to public school or whatever and I know some kids go to public school some are homeschooled some go to our school here but we need to be very careful and and educate our kids because you know these little guys they don't know somebody may give them something at school so it's your job to protect them and be very careful and I'm just going to counsel you right now and tell you do not Throw your kids to the wolves and just let them go and celebrate a holiday that, uh, you know, and receive candy from people that you don't even know who they are. Amen. And, uh, and so um, that's all I'm going to say about that. I just want to encourage you in the time that we're living in, we have to cover our children and protect them. And we have to be the overseer and oversight in their life because that's what we're called to be and do as parents. And as pastors and as leaders to be that oversight and, and, and uh, lead them in the admonition, raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. And so tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 21. And while you're, get, while you're going there, I'm going to just share with you a little bit here uh, for just a second. I was in prayer today and the Lord led me in this direction. And so I'll preach this, but I got an opportunity uh, you know, I left not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before, you know, because I wasn't here. And uh, I drove and I got to see my dad. I got to preach in, 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 um, in Texas. And it was an awesome service there in Texas. And then I uh, got to visit with my dad and, and got to drive across the rest of the country over to Louisiana and be in service with Pastor Lee. He did an amazing job preaching and and uh, got to hear uh, some 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 messages of the word of God. It was wonderful, awesome. And Sister Scowls and I drove up to my 
uh, aunt and uncle's house, and we got to see some of her family, got to see some of my family in Arkansas, and uh, preach Sunday morning. It was just ordained of God. Got to be with my mom, got to do all of that, and then, and then uh, be with my family for a little bit and, and uh, come home. And uh, it was a long drive, but it was worth it. I got to do a whole lot in a week and a half. And I'm thankful for that. And, you know, folks, my, my, my ministry and my call is here, but I have family. And I've even got a lot of family that's away from God. And, uh, and my heart breaks for them. And, uh, you know, I miss my mom and my dad. And so every once in a while, I got to go back there. And that's all right. Amen. And uh, I don't, my parents are, they're not old, but they're not young. And, uh, and I want to make sure that I can spend as much time as I can with them while they're alive. Because one day they're going to take their last breath. And uh, I don't want to um, go to their funeral and wish that I would have taken the effort and the time to spend with them while they were alive. Amen. And, um, and so both my parents, are, my parents are serving God and I thank God for that. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you giving me the release and leave to go. And I know that uh, you know, we have some great speakers and teachers and singers around here, and so we don't skip a beat. Amen? Just go on, and I appreciate everybody that stepped up, but I thank you for uh, your grace towards me and all of that. And it was ordained of God. But I want to preach tonight, and I'm just going to say this for just a moment here, just open up in prayer. And, uh, but I'm going to be preaching tonight on spiritual vision, okay? Spiritual vision, and not just preaching on spiritual vision, but the restoration of that vision. And I'm going to take my text from a probably an unusual place, but the Lord led me there today in prayer. So, But let's pray over the Word of God tonight. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to break open the bread of life. And Lord, I believe that sitting before me here tonight is the very elect of God, uh, the saints of God, the people of God that love you. And God, um, they, they're here because they're hungry. They're here because they're discerning the times and they know the day that we're living in and that we've got to, uh, you know, work while it's day and we've got to pursue you in faith even in the hour that we're living in and it's a dark hour that can be felt. And Lord, I pray that you will help me tonight to minister to them in the, the, the season that we're in, the time we're in, the, 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 the season they may be in. And Lord, I'm asking you to equip me and help me tonight to do that, that you would speak life to them and minister to them and show them that, number one, we're not alone, but Lord, you're with us. And Lord, that, that we're all, uh, you know, wanting to endure until the end to be saved, Lord, and, and see you face to face and end this life, Lord, or this time upon this earth in faith. And I pray for your strength. I pray for your anointing. I pray for your, uh, you know, your, uh, your knowledge and, and wisdom to come to me to speak to them and to encourage them tonight in the word. And we give you all the glory and honor. We thank you for your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Now, as I said, I'm preaching spiritual vision and the restoration of that vision. Let me start by saying, after Jesus arose from the grave, rose from the dead, he appeared to the disciples numerous times. If you read the word, you're going to see in Matthew 28 that he told them to go into all the world and preach and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he told them, where you go, make disciples. That was one commission that he gave them. 
in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 16, it says pretty much the same thing as well. And he said, these signs will follow them that believe. You know, in my name, you'll, you'll preach, you'll cast out devils, you'll lay hands on the sick. All of this, that was another commission. And I know I'm just paraphrasing it from Mark for the sake of time. But in Luke chapter 24, the same thing. He told them, you must preach and preach repentance. And then he told them, I want you to tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And that meant tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came down. And we know in the book of Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what happened. They experienced the outpouring on the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room. And that's what Jesus was telling them to wait for until they were endued with power. So as we read this, I want to come to the text that I want to get to in John chapter 21. And here we are at a, 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 a account right before, um, you know, uh, right at the end after Jesus had arose from the grave. And he meets uh, the disciples here on the shore. Uh, by the Sea of Tiberias. And in John 21, starting with verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. I want to just stop for a second and say, when it says, after these things, after him uh, raising from the grave and visiting them, and that was when Thomas said, you know, I, I don't believe it unless I see him. And Jesus walked through the walls and said, here's the scars. Put your finger in my side. See the scars in my hands, my feet. He was saying, here's the evidence, and don't be faithless, but believe. Well, then after these things, Jesus shows up again here on this, uh, this seashore. And the Bible says that there was together, in verse 2, Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, which is James and John, and the two other of his disciples. Who are the other two disciples? I don't know, but just put your name there. <laughs> because this could be any one of us. Simon Peter said unto them at this time, I'm going fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find and they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John the beloved, said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring up the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, and a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples did ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? 
And then Jesus then come to, uh, came and, and took bread and gave them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than, lovest me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. Now we know that he spoke that to him three times. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that, uh, you know, in, in just a little bit here. But we see here that Peter and the disciples go back to fishing. Why am I talking about a spiritual vision tonight? Because I'm going to tell you why. I'm using this text because clearly Peter had lost his spiritual vision of Jesus. He had lost his spiritual vision of Jesus. How can you say that, Pastor? Because Peter walked with Jesus three and a half years. Peter walked with Jesus three and a half years, all during his earthly ministry for the most part. He was, he was moved by Christ. Remember at the beginning of the Gospels when Peter... Uh, he asked Peter if he could borrow his boat and he thrust out a little bit and he preached and he had a great time in ministry, Jesus did. And then he told Peter, you know, cast out and put down your net. And he said, Lord, we've, 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 we've toiled all night long trying to, you know, catch fish and we've caught nothing. He said, nevertheless, at thy word that we'll go and we'll do that. Well, we know what happened. He began to bring in a great you know, harvest of fish. And, and when that happened, Jesus, uh, Peter was so moved by what had taken place and the miracle that had taken place and the blessing that had come that he ran to Jesus and he fell on his knees and he said, depart from me. You know, I'm a sinful man. What he was saying is, you are somebody. There's something awesome about you. And he was, he was learning and he learned throughout that time about the deity of Christ, about, you know, that Jesus was the Christ. And he learned so much. Uh, Peter experienced so much and he saw so much. He, 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 uh, he was so moved by what took place that he abandoned his career of fishing, his profession, in order to follow Jesus. He left his nets, he left his boat, he left everything to become Jesus's, you know, part of his ministry evangelistic team. So did the sons of Zebedee. They left their nets, they left their ships, they left the profession, they left their father. Can you imagine leaving your father's business and walking away? You know, but uh, Peter experienced a lot of things. He saw multitudes of miracles. Peter was the only disciple that walked upon the water. He was also on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw what many of the other disciples didn't see, but he saw uh, Jesus, you know, transfigured there, and he saw Moses and Elijah, and he experienced that, and he heard the voice of God the Father say, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. He saw and heard a lot of things. He gained a deep revelation because of all of the things that he experienced to the degree that when everybody walked away, Jesus said, will you leave also? And he said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. You're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You are the very Messiah was what he was saying. So he also witnessed the crucifixion. He saw things that nobody else saw. He had a vision of Jesus. 
Jesus. He saw things, had saw miracles and everything. And now after all of this, he goes back to fishing. Okay? He's back fishing after all that he witnessed, all that he knew, all that he learned. And it goes to prove that we can have the best pastor, see the greatest miracles, know the greatest of truths, and still lose our spiritual vision. I'm not saying that I'm the best pastor. What I'm saying is Jesus was. I'm, not, I'm saying Peter saw great miracles, had a great teacher, had great knowledge and great revelation, yet he lost his spiritual vision and went back to fishing. The very thing that he abandoned to follow Jesus because the Lord told him, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to be an evangelist that's going to win souls. You're going to throw down that net and you're going to scoop up people and fish for men to see them saved and rescued from this, their lost condition. Why did this happen? How did it happen that he could lose his spiritual compass or his spiritual vision? I want you to consider a few things tonight as I speak on this. Consider the abrupt change from being with Jesus and his tangible presence where he could touch him. I've got a ring up here. Can you help me, Sister Scow? Somebody, I've got a ring. Consider the abrupt change from being with Jesus in his tangible presence on a daily basis and witnessing something he never expected to happen, which was Jesus' death. That's better. Imagine that. He's walked with the Lord. He's had this unbelievable experience. Everything has been so awesome. And then all of a sudden Jesus dies and everything changes in his life. Yes, he arose, but his encounter with the disciples, as we read, he saw them three times, was very spotty. It was very, uh, you know, um, I don't want to use the word inconsistent, but it just, he wasn't walking with them full time like he was before. He had showed up a few times, and so this, this is something that I look at, and I always go to the Word of God, and I say, how can somebody come to the place that they're at where they lose that spiritual vision? And I believe God revealed that to me, that our walk and our experience and our spiritual life goes through evolving changes. It goes through evolving changes. Peter's did. John's did. The disciples did. It goes through evolving changes. And uh, it is one of the hardest things that you're ever going to go through, I believe, as a Christian. Feeling, to, to go from feelings and feeling God in His presence to where you're walking in faith and not feeling what you used to feel. I've seen more people quit serving God because they didn't get the feeling that they wanted. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says that we, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not necessarily by feelings. We've got to trust Him and walk with Him no matter what we go through. And we're going to go through things. We're going to go through times where there's going to be things happen before us that don't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense and we don't understand it. 
But as I was reading this and putting this together, I thought no matter what we hear, no matter what we see, or no matter what we feel, we must trust and obey God and continue in our faith in God. And listen. I want you, I want you to listen to something. Listen to what God showed me. I've taught that Peter's bad influence in verse 3 was detrimental. You know, I've always taught that. You know, people are watching you, and they are. They're watching your example. They're watching the decisions that you make. They're following your influence. But the Lord showed me something today as I was putting this together. He said, you've always preached that, and, and, and it does bear some, you know, uh, credence there. It, 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 it does apply is what I'm saying you know that Peter had an influence and the Bible says that he said I'm going to go back to fishing and they all said to him we're going to go with you. And so they all went. But the Lord showed me today, no pun intended, but they were all in the same boat. They had all experienced the loss of their rabbi. They would all experienced the loss of Jesus before them. They all were feeling pretty much the same things. And so even though Peter went back and he was a tremendous leader, so was John. So were many of the other disciples. They, they did exactly what Jesus had commissioned them to do when he was alive. They cast out devils. They saw things take place. They shared the gospel. They, they, you know, or they began to evangelize the world at that time, you know, compelling people to believe in Christ Jesus. And I thought they were all in the same boat. We often think that we are alone in our struggle with direction and the will of God. But our fellow brothers and sisters are in the same boat. Amen. You think that you're the only one that's going through a wilderness or a valley, but there's other people that are going through it. You think you're the only one that struggles to pray, but there's other people that are going through it. You think you're the only one that feels like I have no vision or feels like I'm not where I used to be or feels like, you know, sometimes I'm even dead inside spiritually, but you're not the only one that's going through that. You're not the only one that experiences times of, 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 of you know, frustration or bewilderment or I hate to even use this word, but confusion in your walk with God. And, and I'd rather use the word frustration or just struggle, just not seeing or feeling or experiencing what you want to. But there's other people going through it too. <laughs> They're in the same boat. Amen. They're in the same boat. There's other people that go through the marital things that you're going through, or maybe they've been there at one time where you're at today. There's other people, you know, that are going through the financial things. There's, but I really want to focus on spiritual vision and not so much events that take place in our life because it's very easy to get sidetracked from that spiritual vision and focus of God. And that's what took place with Peter. It wasn't because of you know, a bad marriage or a financial situation or something that Peter lost his way for a season or a time. It was because what had taken place in his life spiritually concerning his vision of Christ was just rocked and it was upended and it turned upside down. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Amen. I believe that 
we're living in a time when it's very dark. It's dark, I'm telling you. It's a dark time. You know, and um, there's not a politician that can fix it. It's a time of perplexity. It's an end time. It's global. And, uh, and I believe the enemy wants to destroy. I know he does. wants to destroy our faith and destroy our steadfastness. But we cannot lose our spiritual compass and vision. We cannot. Because it's very easy to find yourself there. I want you to consider... When I talk about how that they were all in the same boat, John, the beloved, was in that same boat. You mean the one that leaned on Jesus' breast? Yes, in the, in the, uh, at the, the Last Supper. You mean John that was at the foot of the cross that Jesus said, you know, take care of my mama, amen, take care of Mary? Yes, that same John, the same John that wrote John, the, the gospel of John that we're reading out of, the same John that wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, the same John that was exiled on the Isle of Patmos that wrote the book of Revelation, that John too, same John. Not John the Baptist, John the Beloved. And so he was in that same place, the caregiver of Mary, the writer of Revelation. And so they were all in the same boat. They were experiencing the same thing. They had in some ways lost that vision that God, Christ, had imparted to them and put in them, and they had. And they were at a place where they just were making decisions just out of just simply not knowing what else to do. I just got back from a two-week road trip. And I want to tell you that it's the same everywhere you go. Are you hearing me? It's the same everywhere you go. Uh, let me just, just say here today that I went to places where, you know, just being there, I knew God ordained for me to be there. You know, I went to, to Texas. I was able to be in Comanche and, and preach and minister and sing. And, and, and people were touched. They were weeping. They were crying. They were in the altars. They were up and we were praying for healing and praying for God to minister in their lives. And it was just like the Spirit of God was moving. But it was like God reigned upon some of them their deserts. Some of them were in a desert and God reigned upon their desert, you know, and here I thought I was just going to be, you know, going through to see my dad. But God said, there's something that I put in you in a life of God that you have and an anointing upon your life that's going to minister to people's hearts and lives. I've set it up that way. And people come here and they do the same thing for your church that you go and you do for other people. Amen. But just being there, you could see on the face of people just everything. Life is taxing, you know. They're looking around and they're like, what's the future behold? I can tell you, I don't know what the future beholds, but I know who holds the future. And I know that I'm in the palm of His hand and that all we have to do is stay in Christ. Don't worry about the future. Just stay in the hand of God. Amen. He said, nobody can pluck you out of my hand. When you're born again, amen, you're born of the Spirit, you're born in Christ Jesus. Amen. Just remember this. Don't lose that vision. That's why you got a pastor that's preaching to you to make sure that you maintain that vision. Because it brings us back into that place where I need to, you know, I need to get it right. I need to correct it. But everywhere I went, it seemed like just, just people were just dry and they're just, 
you know, they, they just seem so in despair, some of them. Sister Skiles and I went to my uncle's church, and he has a wonderful church, you know, but just going and, and just preaching and singing and ministering. There's a 90, I don't know, 92-year-old, 93-year-old woman. She might have been 96, but she sat there, and I began to sing that song. You know, um, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need, amen. And, and, and man, she stood up, man. She sat the whole service, but whenever I began to sing, you know, I shall forever, amen, lift mine eyes to Calvary, hallelujah. She began to stand up and worship the Lord. And across that building, God began to move as he began to spark and stir in them one more time. You know, a fresh vision, amen. The woman at the end of the service, because Sister Skiles stood up and she said, I want to share with you, we prayed for several people. You know, like, I don't know, 10 different people that came up and they were like, our, our kids are away from God, they're prodigal and please pray with us that our kids will come back to Christ and you know we're praying for all of these and praying for healing and men, grown men stand up there weeping and that couple that came looking for somebody to pray with them it went to three churches and he said I just felt led to pull into this church and he stood there and wept you know wept and cried and he said this is just what I needed I said God brought you here brother at the end of that service an elder lady she stood back there with tears in her eyes and she said you know what you did when you came in here she said you you gave us hope you gave us hope she said I almost thought all is lost but you gave us hope thank you for coming praise God but everywhere we've went everywhere we go it just seemed like my goodness, it's just uh, people are going through things. The church is going through things. Uh, I had two different men, two different pastors when I went to Pastor Lee's conference that I fellowshiped with and talked with. Two different pastors that, were, that either had resigned or, or were getting ready to resign their church. I went to my mom's house. And they, you know, they had a pastor that was there for them whenever my brother passed away. And, and she said, sat there, you know, in the chair, and she just began to weep and cry. And she said, you know, our pastor, he resigned. She said, he was so good to me and, and rich and calm and just, you know, was checking on us and always calling. And she said, and now he's gone, you know, because some deacon board run him off. I don't call them demon-possessed. I call them deacon-possessed. That's the problem with some churches. They're deacon-possessed. I'm thankful that we've got spirit-filled elders and leaders in our church. Amen. Not going to get into an argument over whether or not the carpet's red or blue or green or gray. None of that matters. Amen. What matters is that the presence of God is in the house. That we are full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Spirit of God abides here. Not that that was the problem. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that go on and people don't even realize that they're religious. They've denied the power. And what we need is a Holy Ghost revival. Amen. 
But just hearing these things, I thought, Lord, it's just, there's a lot of places, a lot of churches, a lot of things, people that are going through things. And if you've ever heard your pastor listen to me tonight, let's stay full of the Holy Ghost. Let's not lose our vision. Let's not stop praying. Let's not stop supporting. Let's not stop loving and not stop giving and not stop ministering, my God. The devil wants the church to become dead. But Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's our job to maintain that consistent doctrinal belief, teaching, and, and, and continue that fire of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Praise God. Yes, the preacher comes. The worship leader comes. And they come anointed of God. That's their responsibility. But it's yours to take that anointing and run with it. You hear me? I want you to think about something. My God in heaven. The Bible says in Daniel 7.25, it says that there would come a time. I want to read it to you. Just one scripture. Daniel 725. And this is what it says. Talking about the Antichrist or an Antichrist spirit. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. What it, why did I say that? Because that is, that is one of the earmarks or one of the, I don't want to use the word attributes, but works of an antichrist spirit, and that is to wear out the saints. We cannot be weary in our well-doing. We've got to continue to persevere in faith and fight the good fight of faith. But the consequences of a lost spiritual vision or compass is a return to what didn't work before. Okay? Or a life that we lived before. Was fishing wrong? No. But the sin we've lived in before was wrong. We can't go back to that. Amen. When Jesus has brought you alive, that's what it means to be born again. You, 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 you don't want to go back to those things. You don't want to be the person that you used to be. Amen. I don't want to, and I don't know of anybody else that truly got born again that does. When you, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's got a new nature. He's got a new conduct and a new behavior. He's a new person. He's changed. And if you've seen somebody in your life that you've seen them changed, it has to be an act of God. <laughs> and that's what happens in our lives. Amen. You see people and you see what God has done and that is so effectively influential to others that, that are around about us. But the consequences of a lost spiritual vision, at least in Peter's case, in this, uh, and a lost spiritual vision encompasses that he went back to the things that God told him to leave and abandon and he went back to that. And uh, even if it was just because he didn't know what else to do, but it, was it wrong to fish? No, but it was out of God's will. 
It was operating without God. We need Him in everything we do. Let me share with you, God is not an incidental in our lives. He's not just a part. We don't come on Sunday and put on our new life robe or our new life jacket and our name tag and then take it off and go live like the devil the rest of the week. No, we come. We have a life in Christ Jesus and we live that life everywhere we go. When we're on the job, when we're around our family, when we're alone with God and we're in privacy, what kind of a person are you? What are you doing when nobody else is looking? Are you living? for God because that really is the true determiner of who you are when nobody's looking that's who you are amen almighty God let us be pure in every area of our life let there be a change in our hearts and our lives amen amen in every facet of our life we must operate and with Christ being the center of all things. Everything must be in faith. Everything must be as the Spirit of God would lead us and guide us and prompt us and, and deal with us to do and be. We always look at the Spirit as just the blessing part, but what about the leadership of the Spirit of God? We need that. We need that. We need Him. Eli, in 1 Samuel, let the lamp go out which meant there was no vision, there was no revelation anymore. It was, the, it was the absence of God's presence and no priestly future. Think about that for just a second. When he let the, the, the fire in the, in the tabernacle, the temple go out, when he let the fire go out, that meant that, that the original fire that came down, when God answered by fire, they kept that fire. It wasn't a strange fire. It was a fire that continued all those years. Do you understand what I'm saying? Imagine having a fire that was, that was created in, let's just say, the 1800s. And it was constantly fueled. And to this day, it's still ablaze. The fire never went out. It's not another fire or a, a fire in another time. It's the original fire. It has never stopped. He let that fire go out. He lost, and the Bible says there was no open vision. God raised up a Samuel to take his place. But what Eli did was he forfeited. He forfeited the presence of God. He allowed the, 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 his own family. God said, there's not going to be any more people in your family that are going to be priests. You, what you've done is you've cut off the continuation of, of, of priests coming from your lineage you understand and and, and I, I I just want to say to you that us having the fire of the Holy Ghost and us having a vision of God our families uh, you know continual lineage and our family salvation depends on it it depends on it <laughs> every service we attend is a gathering where we can have a fresh anointing of oil fresh encounter, a fresh challenge, a fresh, renewed, restored vision given to us. We need that. Amen. That's why we need to be in the house of God. You, you shouldn't miss. You should be here. I know there's times that we, we, we're not here. We're on vacation. We have things that happen. I get that. I'm not here to be 
religiously legalistic and dogmatic about it, but I'm here to tell you that faith is faithful. Be in the house of God. That's, you know, so you can receive. It just never ceases to fail in situations where I've missed a service and it was the greatest outpouring of God, the service that I missed. Isn't that the truth? Come on. I know, especially all the folks that work in the nursery and all that, they go, yes, amen. Yeah, it seems like all oh, people come out and they're, they're wiping their eyes and they're going, oh, we had the greatest of service. Let me just share with you, God will bless you that had to work during that time with the greater double portion. Don't be discouraged. He'll bless you with a double portion because of your service and sacrifice. The next time you're in service, God will hit you, amen, like lightning, amen. Praise the Lord. Pray that way. Say, Lord, touch me double. Give me a double portion. But I want you to think of this. Think of this. Every service that we attend is a gathering where we can have a fresh anointing touch us. Fresh oil, a fresh encounter, a fresh challenge from God. A fresh, renewed, restored vision given unto us in that service. So don't miss. Think of this. Whether we are a little bit away from God or a lot away from God, we're still away. Or not in, in, in His abiding presence or abiding in Him or in an abiding posture. Because Jesus said, you got to be connected to that vine. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Abide in Him. Stay there. I've been there where just missing a little bit of time with the Lord and my devotion. I can feel it. You can feel it. That's why we need to be there. And think of it, whether you're a little bit or a lot, you're still away from God. They were a boat's width out of His will. Did you get that? They were a boat's width. How wide was that boat? I don't know, eight feet maybe, six feet. I don't know how big the boat was. But on this side, they were out of the will of God. But on the right side, they were in the will of God. Because Jesus told them, cast it on the other side. It's just, we're, sometimes we're that close. We're just operating in what we think, you know, we can do in ourselves, and it's all right. But we need to hear from God. We need to hear the voice of God. Some people are a boat's width. Five feet, six feet, eight feet. Five hours. One prayer meeting, one daily reading of the scripture from getting the, 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 the message and the word and the touch that we need. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I was driving, you know, it's a long way from California to Louisiana. Amen. Everybody thinks he's lost his mind. No, I didn't drive the whole way all by myself. I did going, but not coming home. Amen. Sister Scouts helped me through Denver and Utah and Kansas. Amen. I learned, you know, if I got a little tired, I thought, well, I wanted to drive. And if I only drove an hour and a half or two hours, I thought, well, I'll just, and she'll wake up. Amen. I've done told off on myself now. Are you falling asleep? No, I'm fine. She pull over. Let me drive. I thought, praise God. <laughs> She's looking at me. Amen. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just being transparent. It's all right. Amen. <laughs> but I'm driving. I'm listening. You can listen to anything out there. You can listen to the radio. You can listen to the news. You can. But I put 
put some preaching on. I thought, oh, Lord, amen. God said, you can listen to the music or you can listen, whatever, amen. But what are you taking in? You have a choice right now. You know, I'm just going to rip the wrapper off of it and just call it like it is. You can be out there, and I don't care who you are. Okay, you're driving. And it, when you're going across country, all you have is country music going across that. Amen. Don't look at me. Oh, pastor, you shouldn't. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're, you're brought to a place of a choice. Amen. And the devil will make sure that that song that you always loved before you got saved comes on the radio. Amen. Praise the Lord that God gives us that power to make that choice. And he said, you can listen to that or you can listen to a preacher. I thought, I'm going to put a preacher on. Heard one preacher after another. God began to speak to me, began to minister to me. It was beautiful. Amen. You can just be this close from missing the will of God. You can hear a word from God if you'll begin to open up your listening ear and say, God, talk to me. Or you can be totally out of the will of God. You're that close. Think about that. It's a, it's a, a really profound thought that people are one side of the boat wrong from receiving a word from God and being out of His will. Because His will was for them to cast it on the right side. And so thinking about this, amen, on the other side, the right side, is His will. I don't believe necessarily that they were grossly backslid, but they clearly, uh, they clearly wanted Jesus because Peter, whenever John said, Peter, that's the Lord on that shore. Peter didn't even put his clothes on. He just, I mean, he barely covered up and jumped in that water. He didn't care. He said, I want to get to that shore and get to Jesus. I want to be in His will. And uh, we can't lose that spiritual vision and the way for it to be restored is whenever God begins to just gently stroke across our heart, respond to it, be quick to respond, quick to obey, quick to repent. Because when you're not quick to repent, what you're saying is, God, I love what I'm in and I'm going to be rebellious against your conviction and your dealing with my heart and I'm going to do what my flesh wants to do and what I think is right in my own eyes. Some people just want to stay there a little longer in the pleasure of their sin rather than obey God when he says, get out of that mess now because you're sinking in that quicksand and you've got a point in a place where you can reach for a stick or a tree. I've thrown out that branch, amen. I've thrown out that cross and I'm saying grab a hold of it, but you're continuing in that and you're going to get to the place where you've sunk so low. You almost feel like you can't be rescued. God will rescue you. He will. I'm not going to say that He won't, but I know people that have just continued and continued and they refused and rejected the voice of God. Don't act like that. That hasn't happened because it happens. Come on now. Amen. I'm trying to help you tonight. But we know Jesus even called them children. He said, children, have you any meat? Because lest I paint a picture of Peter like he was in gross backslidden state. No, no. He just lost his vision. He needed to be reminded of that. They allowed discouragement in the absence of Jesus' presence to affect them and divert them. But we must learn. He wants us to come and dine. 
What is the restoration in my life of losing my vision? Come and dine. Come and spend time at the master's table. Pull up to the master's table. Your fish are important. Verse 10, he told them, bring the fish which you caught. They're important to God, but he's already got a spread waiting for you. You know, there have been times I thought, Lord, I need to pray, but if I pray, I got 15 other things I need to do. And there's two or three that are vitally important that I have to get done today. But I have found whenever I have chosen to spend time with God and come and dine, that when I came from that place, those things were either A, taken care of, or I was able to take care of them and get more than that done. Because whenever I chose to do something that I felt like was vitally important, and I began to do that, it robbed me of my whole day. Come on now. You say, well, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to fix this one little thing. And then the next thing you know, it's like a plumbing problem. You know, you break a pipe and then it, it leads to another pipe and another pipe and another pipe. And before you know it, you're digging up the yard. What if you had just left it alone? You'd have had flushing toilets. Amen. Or God would have brought somebody across your path to help you. Put God first. Come and dine. He said, I know you fellas have lost your vision, but come and dine. Come and dine. Your fish are important. Your job's important. Everything that you've got is important, but this is more important. And I'm showing you the very thing that you really want and need down deep inside. I, I'm the only one that can provide that for you. God wants fellowship with us, church. He wants to bless us with a fellowship that requires absolutely no work at all, but just you coming and sitting at His feet. Amen. Amen. He wants that fellowship with us. Let me feed you with grace and the Word. Let me restore your vision by my Spirit. It was the Song of Solomon in the second chapter in the 10th and the 13th verse where uh, he says, come away with me. Come away. Let's spend time together. Let's spend time together. I shared that just a few weeks ago and, and about how in a marriage we have that intimate time and how that we leave a part of ourselves with that person and they leave a part with you. When you come and you're intimate with God and in fellowship, you leave a part. He leaves a part with you. You worship and you bring Him honor and glory and please Him. But He comes and He leaves something with you and you leave from that place in prayer and you're different totally different isn't it beautiful touched by God without Christ and the vision of him that was what Peter knew three and a half years we will toil we will have stressors we will have difficulties to remind us that we need him moment by moment and his abiding presence to keep that vision fresh and what did he say Peter you love me. I do love you, Lord. Didn't you see me jump out of that boat and swim here like Michael Phelps? Because I already denied you once. And I don't ever want to deny you again. And I preached that years ago. Peter determined in his heart, if I ever get another opportunity to prove to Jesus that I love him, I'm going to give it everything I've got. Amen.
We cannot lose that vision. It has to remain fresh. And all he wants is fellowship with us. And I'm going to make it very simple. I preached 40, 50 minutes on this one thought, maybe 45 minutes on this thought, but I can sum it up like this. Everything in your life will be restored in a moment's time in a prayer meeting between you and God. You come and you break open the word of God and you're reading and you're being filled up. Amen. You may get to that afternoon and you say, man, I'm, this tank's getting a little low. Amen. Well, get back in that place and pray again. It'll come back up. Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I was coming across country. I left Missouri $2.87, I think, or $2.97 for gas. Yeah, I was filling it up. I said, I'm going to put premium in here. Amen. I can afford it. I'm going to put premium in. I've got premium. And then I got, you know, to Kansas, and it went up to about three and a quarter, and then got over to Denver, you know, and and, and it's, it's up a little bit more, you know, three fifty. And then by the time I got to Utah, I said, oh, my goodness, we're getting close to $4. And, and I thought I better fill it up before I get to California because I'm hearing on the news amen six dollars and plus and I thought even in Arco amen almost six dollars I thought and that's the inexpensive guess and amen and don't look at me and frown at me it's just I'm just telling you the facts but here I am and I thought Lord you know he said you're coming back into California I said where my church is amen and they're worth six dollars a gallon amen here I am God said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of my church. Just don't lose your spiritual vision. Because that's what's going to, that's what's going to affect every part of your life. Your marriage. How you parent your children. The problems on your job. I had problems on my job. People breathing down my neck. I'd go in that bathroom. I'd just pray and be edified in the spirit. Come out of there and I'd say, I can conquer this now. Amen. God's given me a fresh touch. You ever had to go and pray through in the bathroom at work? Amen. Woo, yeah. I got some folks in here. They're getting free. They're like, yes, amen. But I've been there where I had people that were absolutely impervious to work with. You couldn't even penetrate that situation. But I went and prayed and I said, God, you are the you are the one who is in the ultimate authority and you've given me that authority and I bind the spirit and I went in there and God began to break that thing open had bosses come to me and say how did you crack that case how did you get through to that guy I said oh let me tell you when you know a man who is the master of the wind the maker of the waves the one who spoke this world into existence with the span of his hand flung the stars into existence I said you can pray and you can know He's, he knows how to he knows how to soften the heart. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He knows how to turn it whithersoever it's supposed to go. And, and I have found God will fight your battles for you. Just keep that vision fresh. No, just because I've got something here in front of me doesn't mean that God can't work in my favor. Amen. No good thing will he withhold to them that walk uprightly. He said, just pray. Amen. It'll come. Don't lose your spiritual vision. Don't go back. Just keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Just look unto Jesus. Spend that time. I'm going to simplify it. Spend that time in fellowship with him. It'll take care of everything. Simple. Do you love him tonight?
Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Would you just lift your hands towards heaven? Let's just begin to thank Him and just ask Him right now, Lord, renew that vision in my life. Renew your spiritual vision, Lord, in my life. Let me come back to that spiritual compass, Father God. Let me experience your spirit afresh and anew. Father God, the things that are before me, Lord, that seem to so easily beset me, let me put them to the side, whether it's a sin or a weight or a care, Lord, but I'm casting everything upon you and I'm trusting you right now that everything's going to be all right. But God, I just want to focus on you. I want to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of your righteousness, Lord, and all of these things will be added unto me. God minister stir my heart. Stir up the gift of God within me. Renew me Father God right now. Refresh me. Let there be a fresh anointing poured out upon me. Father right now and I pray for each and every one that's in here God tonight. Let them go home. Let them spend that time with you God. When they could watch TV let them read their Bible. When they could watch TV let them pray. Lord when they could be doing something else let them spend that time in fellowship with you for your saying come and dine the master calls come and dine fill us touch us encourage us we thank you tonight for your precious spirit we give you all the glory and honor thank you Jesus thank him tonight thank you Jesus thank you Lord we praise you tonight and give you glory in Jesus name mighty God amen 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 he is awesome amen He's awesome. Saturday night, Sister Scott shared it. Let me just say this, and I promise you I'm going to let you go. Saturday night, Pastor Al Malone from Arkansas is going to be here. He was the leader of the biker group that came when we started. He is a dear friend of ours. He's been in Arkansas for a long time. But he feels the Lord is leading him to preach and minister here in California. If you can come and you want to come, I encourage you to come. Uh, and uh, he's going to be preaching at some other churches, but, uh, but you can come. I'll be here to lead worship on Saturday night, and then, of course, we'll have church Sunday morning, amen, and I'll be preaching. He's not going to preach here on our normal scheduled services, but he's going to be elsewhere, but come out if you want to. I encourage you to, and, uh, uh, and I think you'll enjoy uh, his ministry and testimonies. He is a blessing, amen. God bless you as you go, church. We'll see you here, there, in the air.